0: And welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is episode number 65. I hope you are enjoying your summer and doing all of the fun things because I don't know about you, my favorite season is summer. And so I'm recording this at the end of May and this is obviously releasing if you're listening to it when it released, July 28th and I am hoping to have gone to the beach very many times and doing a bunch of other fun things. So I hope you are also enjoying your summer. So if you are new here or if you got referred, you know, by a friend to listen to this podcast, welcome to the My Naked Mindsetters, you know, crew. I mean, I appreciate you being here so, so much you know, this is this podcast has been around since April 2021. It's been honestly my passion, and I've been enjoying it so much. And I've loved connecting with each and every one of you. And thank you for following along my journey. So I would love for you to also join my free VIP Facebook group. And that is if you search my naked mindsetters, you can join, you can also, you know, just grab that link in the show notes. And also, I have really cute merch, guys. So, like, go check out my website. I would totally appreciate it. It's also in the show notes. I have everything from, you know, t-shirts, cropped hoodies, to mugs and backpacks and little slides. Like, I literally have everything. So, definitely check out my merch shop. I would totally appreciate the support. Tell a friend, you know, about the podcast if something resonates with you and always submit, you know, topics that you want me to talk about. I would love to hear, you know, what you guys want to hear because I'm always, you know, wanting to give give the people what they want, you know, like that type of thing. So I totally appreciate you. And without further ado, it is time for the guests. So I hope you enjoy. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have a very special guest. She is known as a healing hippie, and she is also a relationship and self-love coach. Everyone, please welcome Megan to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Janae, so much for having me on. I'm looking forward to this today.
0: I know I'm so glad that you're here and we actually did an Instagram live together Facebook live Facebook a couple Live, yeah. Weeks ago and it was so much fun and I love chatting with you and so I'm so excited to have another awesome conversation with you and we're going to get into some really awesome topics today kind of around codependency and recovering you know people pleasers if you will and just all about relationships and, you know, kind of how to maneuver situations like that. If you do think you are, you know, um, codependent or, you know, in that type of situation. So we're going to get into all of that, but I love, I would love to hear more about kind of how you started getting into coaching and how you got your wonderful nickname healing hippie. Cause I love that.
1: Yeah. So yeah. The short answer, the, the easiest answer of the, is the nickname, The Healing Hippie actually came from a coach I worked with. Um, and it came because I, my favorite band is the Grateful Dead. Um, they're now touring as dead and company. And I love music. I've always had this dream, this desire to follow the music. But um, inside me, I've always had this like, love of the 60s um you know I I always wanted to be protesting I always wanted to be I honestly wanted to be at Woodstock um I could have been in you know 68 summer of love in San Fran and um there's just something that's always drawn me to it and so that's where the hippie part of it comes from the healing part I will go into because I'll tell you a little bit about my story. So you asked, say the first part of your question again. Oh, so how'd you
0: like kind of get
1: into. How'd uh, I get into coaching? Okay. We'll touch on the healing stuff a little bit. The coaching. um, I am a natural coach. It's something I've done since I was in high school. I started coaching springboard diving when I was like 16 or 17. Hmm. And when I went to grad school, I started educational coaching. Um, I also coached a few dive teams, um, while I was in grad school and it's just something that I kind of have fallen into because it just feels so natural to me. Um, I've never wanted to be a teacher. I never wanted a classroom, but Mm -hmm. I always really like coaching. Like I like that mentoring. I like that interaction. I like making a positive impact on people's lives. Um, so that's the that's how I became a coach many years ago. Now, if you want to know how I became a life coach, that's, there's a lot more to that. Um, the short answer to that is when I went through my divorce, I was relying on my husband financially and Mm -hmm. I was working in animal rescue at the time. I couldn't like, I knew, um, I mean, I was the assistant director of the largest cat rescue in, in Virginia, but financially it wasn't going to pay the bills. Um, so by this point in time, I had started doing healing work and it was my therapist that was pushing me. And, um, you know, she actually encouraged me to read a certain book and I deep dove into the book. And it made me think about what my zone of genius, like what I do effortlessly without thinking about it. Mm. Um, And as I, you know, like was going through this and really kind of like listing things out and thinking through things, there are two things that popped up um, career-wise, either a coach or becoming a detective. Mm. And yeah, which. Interesting. Yeah. I've always been interested in criminal justice and investigations. And, um, but when I sat down and I thought about it, like I've done educational coaching for at that point, it was, I don't even know how long. I mean, I started grad school in 2004 and my divorce, this was eight, 2018 or 2019 when I was sitting down doing this. So 15 years and, um, yeah. Plus the the springboard diving, it just, it, it fit, it made sense. Um, so that's the short answer as to how I got, got into coaching.
0: Very cool. And it sounds like you're like, you were saying that that's like your passion is just like helping yeah. people and being that mentor. I feel like it's so huge. Like some people just really, you know, probably gravitate towards you because you have that great energy. You you just exude yeah. that great like real raw energy. Um and of course I love that as well. Cause I am all about the energy. I love just like it's so cool to me when you can, when you can just feel that energy with someone and yes. you're like how like you just connect on like another level. And I think it's it's Agreed. so powerful. It really is. It's unbelievably powerful.
1: It, I, can- I, I agree. There's um you know before I started my healing journey, it's interesting. I look back. Um, I've always known there was something to energy, but I don't think I could have put Mm -hmm. my finger on it. Um, When in undergrad, I was a math major. I almost majored in physics. Um, When I graduated, right before I graduated, I almost minored in anthropology. Um, Mm. Technically, it would have had to have been a sociology minor because anthro would have taken too long. But I sat there like in the department office two days before I was graduating and going, do I want to do this or not? Wow. Um, but, you know, it's funny because in retrospect, for years, I've said if I were to go back and do something, I would double major in anthropology and electrical engineering.
0: Interesting.
1: And that's people and energy.
0: Oh, that's true, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's literally because electrical engineering is all about electrons and the flow of energy.
0: Mm. Wow. That's yeah. It's crazy to think like back on things like that, and like I went to school for business, and I'm like, you know, I I'm in marketing on the daily daily basis, but this is like my passion, like podcasting, connecting with people, and just like being able to tell a story with someone else, and like spreading awareness of things, or yeah, like deep diving into a certain topic, and just really, I, I mean, I guess I love podcasting, like the whole process, but the connection with people is so and the way that technology is nowadays it's like we can do it on the computer and yes I would love to meet every single person that I have on my podcast in person but obviously that's a little unrealistic considering they're all over the world but the fact that we can do this we couldn't do this you know I don't know 20-25 years ago it's crazy to think about like where we've where we've gotten and it's it's incredible that we can just do this right it's so
1: so fortunate I think um I was actually just thinking either today or yesterday like my god can you imagine your your life without a cell phone like I I I can't I and I was in college I was basically graduated college by the time they became mainstream and so I definitely have lived life without it but right I you know I don't know it's crazy. It's crazy to
0: think about. It really is. It It's yeah. technology is everywhere and it's has its pros and cons, but for the most part, yeah. it's like the connection to others is just, it's like, I agree. You can do it. You can connect and talk with someone so fast, right? Sending a quick text, getting an answer on something, looking anything up on the internet. It, it's, yeah. I could go on a whole spiel on that, but like, it's, it's really freaking cool. Um yeah. So I want to know a little bit about well first I think we should go into like what codependency is and kind of getting into you know your story
2: yeah
0: because I I actually was on this podcast and I said in they asked me like how I became like a sex intimacy podcast or obviously I talk about other things but and I was like, well, I actually was a re- I, I'm a recovering people pleaser. And they like love that. So the tagline for that episode was from a recovering people pleaser to sex podcaster. And I was like, that's actually like really clever. Yeah. So I kind of just, I keep on thinking about that. And, and it is something that's so um it's it's hard to even sometimes think like oh I am codependent or oh I am a people pleaser some people don't yeah. even really realize it till you kind of deep dive into it so I think let's talk about like what it exactly is so you know I kind of did some research on my end about just like what it actually is and basically it's an excessive emotional and inf- um psycho- psychologist psych Oh my God. Psychological. Thank you. Psychological. Yeah. Yes. Psychological emotional and psychological reliant on a person, partner, someone, a spouse that could be a spouse. It could be a friendship.
1: It could be a friend. It could be 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 kids, coworkers. Right. Anybody you're in a relationship with.
0: Exactly. And so what that means is that could be like trust issues it could be like the desire to fix someone or "quote unquote" yes. save someone. That's a big one. I think a lot of people do that they probably realize putting others' needs before. Yeah, that's yourself. a huge
1: one too. That's a huge, huge one. one,
0: right? Um, doing anything to keep a relationship like afloat, yeah.
1: like doing uh, anything
0: that you can to just like keep that relationship. And I've definitely been there before, and it's
1: it's not energy great. right there, like it is. Uh, we could we could actually do a whole episode on that truthfully yeah um because yeah that that's it's a relationship addiction is what it is
0: right exactly and it's like you put all that energy to one person and then you kind of almost forget about everything else going on in your life or other people you just are so tunnel vision to that person and it's, it's very unhealthy. And like the, and your fear usually is like losing out on that friendship or breaking up or something happening or, you know, a friendship breakup, whatever, you know, the case may be, but that's just kind of like an overview of, of kind of what it is. And so I know that you, you know, have had some experiences with, you know, codependency and people pleasing. So I kind of want to just hear like, maybe where that kind of started and where maybe, you know, you kind of noticed it. So I guess pick up wherever, wherever it yeah. begins, I guess.
1: Um, yeah. I think you'll actually, cause you and I have not talked about this, but I think that you'll actually be really interested in where my story starts. It starts in May of 2018 mm-hmm. when I had an old flame from college Reach out to me. Um, and mind you, I'd been married seven years at that point. Um, hadn't talked to this man since before I was married. Right. Um in fact, I remember him calling me. I remember him calling me, and I was actually at my then boyfriend's house. And I remember being like, like saying to him, Hey, listen, I'm dating somebody else. Like you know, cause he was very erratic in when he would reach out, like,
2: mm.
1: you know, Hey, like there's this other guy that I've met that I'm interested in. Like, you know, I'm not interested in you. Mm. Um, but he reached out and all he said to me was, Hey, on Facebook messenger, mm-hmm. all he said, and I read that and in that moment, I felt, I felt something I hadn't felt in years. Mm. Um, I was turned on. And yeah. I was, I mean, you want to talk about energy, like in that moment of feeling turned on, it was holy fuck, I need to get a divorce.
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's how strong that was. And then it kind of started migrating in the sense of like, okay. So my husband and I, we don't have sex, maybe, maybe well, yeah, I shouldn't say don't once a year, you know, um, I mean, the way I look at that now, like, that's not a relationship I want. Right. Um, but it was then like, okay, well, if I'm not sexually attracted to my husband, is that enough to leave the relationship? You know, is sex enough to end a marriage? Right. Um, and I was reaching out to friends and I was out to dinner with some friends one night, and they were like, You know, you really need to find a therapist. Mm. Um, so it was, and I had been thinking about it, but it was really on that encouragement that I was like, Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find a therapist because, you know, there's something wrong with me because I want to divorce my husband because we don't have sex. Um, and I'm, because I'm not attracted to him, you know? Mm. So I started therapy it was probably September of 2018 and I remember saying to my therapist if my husband just does what I tell him I don't need to get divorced Mm. I mean that was like my first like she was like why are you here and it was like well if my husband just does what I tell him I don't need to get divorced um And I look back in retrospect, and that was such a red flag for codependency. Um, I couldn't have told you what codependency was before. It took my therapist. There was one session, and I remember her saying to me, well, do you think you're codependent? And I was like, well, I'm not dependent on him. You know, like, I'm a strong, independent woman. You know, I'm not dependent on him. You know, and I was like, well, maybe financially, but no, I'm not dependent on him um and as any good therapist does they ask questions and then they make you think they make like it resonates in your mind it bounces around and this is what it works for me it'll bounce in my mind and i'll think on it i'll look things up like we we're just talking about you know if need be right that that information was at my fingertips um so i looked it up and i read it and i was like oh okay I feel rather seen because this is me. Um, Everything you mentioned, people pleasing, wanting to change people. I mean, walking into my therapist going, if he just does what I tell him, I don't need to get divorced. That's wanting to change somebody, right? Um, But yeah, relying on other people for your needs being met is is really ultimately the codependency um now the story actually gets a lot more interesting because when it came to my husband I think he was just in my life I needed to if I needed for things to get to a certain point where I was like enough is enough um and as I started slowly peeling away the layers um you know, my therapist started slowly down the path of like my childhood and my parents. And I remember at first thinking, what does this have to do with anything? Yeah. And as we started kind of peeling things back, I started noticing parallels. Um, I really, really, really noticed parallels in the way I was feeling and the events that were unfolding in front of me um, the role I played for my mom and the dynamic that I played in my family. So I was living in Washington DC. My family was outside of Philadelphia. It's about two and a half hours difference. And my mom would need something. It was always medically related. Um, Um, let me backtrack on that. If it was personal for my mom, it was medically related. But if it was related to the family, I was also still expected to be there. Um, But I routinely dropped everything. To fix, help, save my mom. Um, And it was so interesting because that summer of 2019. At that point. My husband and I had agreed to a divorce. Um, I had told him much earlier, but he it took him longer to get on board with it. Um mm-hmm. again, I tried to get him to go to therapy, I tried to get him to like work on himself and um ultimately we did two sessions of couples therapy. And the second session, the therapist talks about dishes and asks me what I'm doing for dishes you know, my compromise for dishes. And I'm, you know, my mom's a hoarder and like, I want the dishes clean because I don't want to be like my mom. And she turns to him and he goes, change. What is change? Why would anybody want to change? Because once you start changing, you'll never stop. So why do you even start?
2: Interesting.
3: And
1: then he goes, I want a divorce. Um, so, I mean, it, you know, he was telling me, like, don't try to change me, I think is what the mm-hmm. right. Um, but yeah, I think it also was speaking to the fact that he just. He didn't want to change, it's interesting, the thing that that I was attracted to about him was the thing that broke us apart. Um, he had done some work on himself. Before we met. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been to therapy and we never talked about any of this stuff. I don't even know if he ever discovered any of this stuff about him, but yeah, he clearly didn't want to put any work into himself. He didn't want to put any work into the relationship.
0: And that's, and, that alone is like a big red flag. That's a, that's a tough thing to pill the swallow. Yeah. Because if you it, can't help someone if they don't want to help themselves, right?
1: And you know, interestingly enough, that was part of the argument that I was having in my mind, right? Like, right, can I can I divorce him? Can I leave him if he's depressed? Can I leave him? Is it fair to leave him if he's got mental health issues? Hmm. Um, and by the way, the answer to that is yes, it's full on okay. It is full on okay. Um because it's not my responsibility to fix you. It's nope. not my responsibility to make appointments for you. It's not my responsibility to even more than encourage you. I mean, to go to therapy. Like, it's, it's not my responsibility. Um, but right. yet, I was falling into the same dynamic and pattern I had with my mom, right? So if I'm dropping everything from my mom and her medical needs... I'm assuming he's got medical needs that need to be attended to, and that I'm the one that has to fix them. Mm. Um, but circling back a little bit, that summer of 2019, um, God, it was so interesting. I actually committed my mom that summer. She was having, um, they were calling it at that point, schizophrenic-like episodes. Uh, she was having full-on hallucinations. And at least once a week, I was up to Philadelphia. I, I mean, they would call me and literally the day I committed her, I got a phone call at 5 a.m. I was up there by 930. Oh, wow. Like when I say I dropped everything, I dropped everything. Right. You know, um, like that was my priority because it's what I thought I was here to do was to help my mom because, you know everybody else that's in my family that lives in the same hometown. Nope. I was one, two and a half hours away that had to go do it. Mm. And, um, you know, it led to me feeling very out of control. Right. Uh, I remember my dad calling me and like I said, my parents are hoarders. Um, they were legitimately accepted onto hoarders, the TV show.
0: Oh, got it. Yeah,
1: they they refused to go on there, but they were. Um, I've, I've had several discussions with that producer. Oh, wow. Because by this point, you know, eight, like maybe eight, 10 months into my healing journey, right after I start therapy, I know enough to like put some boundaries into place. I know enough to start to mm-hmm. say no. So when my dad calls me and goes, Your mom's in the hospital. She's going to come home from rehab. And we need to clean the house up because we can't bring nursing in here. We can't bring, you know, what, like all of her medical needs, like a bed or like whatever might need be, we can't bring that in here. And so Megan, can you come clean the house? Right. And so I knew enough to be like, I mean, at first I agreed and I went up there and I walked in that house and I was like, no, I'm not doing this. this. Is it's right. not my mess.
0: Oh, right. That's, that's, way over your head like that's they did it, it not you.
1: but yet I was the one who was always cleaning up after them
0: you probably I felt was, the obligation right that's a big thing of it too you felt like you had to almost
1: it's how I received love growing up and praise right. oh you know you clean great job yes um you know I remember being little and like being woken up early on a saturday to go clean and like it's what we were supposed to do you know um but yeah i i mean that was a five bedroom house i don't even know how many square feet and i've cleaned that house more times than i can begin to tell you and you know when i started seeing that i was getting little to no recognition i mean my mom at one point was like well you've never cleaned this house
2: Mm.
0: like
1: okay, so, you know, two years prior, there two weeks that I spent here cleaning the house. Like didn't, wasn't back in DC working. I was here cleaning the house. No, but I never cleaned the house, you know? So it, it was, um, it was me recognizing that I'm falling into pattern behavior and starting to stand up for myself and saying no. And so the wanting to save and rescue part of me, um, the policy analysis part of me because I have a master's in public health policy was writing out these massive side-by-sides and investigating all the options for my parents and you know okay well we can get somebody in here to clean the house but it's going to cost us much money you know you can just walk away from the house you can go to living here you know in these places and like this is what could afford you like you could fit in your budget and like we i went through everything that's a lot Everything. Mm. and I called a family meeting got all my siblings there i'm the oldest of four my mom's in the hospital um but my dad refuses to show mm. and so it's like i'm doing this work because you're asking for help and um I'm refusing to help the way that you're asking me, but I'm still trying to help. Uh, That was a big lesson for me. It was a big, big lesson in, in the fact that people have different needs and that, you know, at that point in time, I need, I still had this need to like help to fix. Right. Mm. Um, But I'm not doing it the way that, my dad wants me to. And so he's reacting and responding to me. And um, yeah, I just, I was watching, you know, these pieces of my life play out in parallel. Um, Watching, you know, feeling completely out of control when it came to my mom. Feeling completely out of control when it came to my husband. Um, Interestingly enough, my husband was living in the basement at that time and when he first moved down there we had a microwave from the old apartment we had lived in and he refused to get rid of it um so the first thing he did was set that microwave up but he would leave leftover food in that microwave for me so like i think fine i almost started an instagram page on it um i'm serious like it was there were leftover bratwurst in there there were pizza boxes um mm-hmm. bottles of ketchup like in the microwave oh my god um like bags of Kentucky fried chicken um whole cans like unopened cans huh and i mean that that's a whole other thing but yeah i think he knew that like leaving stuff out was I mean, he knew that it was annoying me, but yeah. And I'm feeling like completely out of control. Right. Cause I'm not controlling the way he's cleaning up. Mm. Um, and I'm not changing it, but I'm witnessing it. And um, yeah, it, it's so interesting the way things work and the way energy works. My husband moved out. It was like the first of August. Oh um he actually came into my room one night and he's like, I can't do this. he's crying, I can't do this. I can't pack my stuff up. You need to help me.
0: Mm, putting it who on you,
1: who do you think packed his shit up for him? I yeah. did Yeah. So, you know, and I'm I'm frustrated because I'm like, don't you see that, you know, my mom needs help and like I just committed her you know, um, like she, you know, and, and within when she was committed, there was all sorts of stuff. We couldn't actually get her proper treatment. Um, and so I was spending so much time up there and yeah, but he moved out August 1st, my mom, or he was supposed to move out August 1st. He moved out a couple days later. My mom came home from the hospital that first week of August. Um, my, so the last time I saw my family was September 1st of 2019. It was my dad's 70th birthday and I went up to surprise him. Um, at that point, my sister's now fiance looked at my mom and goes, Cheryl, sure, how you feeling? And her answer was, Great, better now that I'm off all those medications that I didn't need. And I look at her and I was like, "Mom, you at least acknowledge that you needed those medications, like that there was something going on." Right. She goes, "No, absolutely not. I did not need those medications. I never needed them." And um, at that point, I was, I was like, "I'm done. I'm, I'm done." Um, you know, you ask for help you know it was my dad more asking for the help than my mom uh, because she was not in a good place that summer but she was also in her way asking for help um, when she was coherent enough but it was like everything I'm doing and then I get zero appreciation zero recognition
0: and that's all it takes sometimes is a thank you I appreciate you thank you for xyz like I think a thank you goes a long way in my eyes.
1: And it's a sincere thank you. So it's a thank you that is um, something that's heartfelt, but also I think what the thank you does is the thank you allows you to be seen. Yes. It it just allows, it's a way to see somebody. And, um, you know, you can say a thank you and then flip it around. And that's maybe not a sincere thank you. But I agree. When you get a sincere thank you, like a you know, thank you, Megan, for coming up here and and trying to help me. You know, thank you for dropping everything in your life. And, you know, thank you for helping me while you're going through a divorce and your husband's moving out.
0: I was gonna say you went through all of that at the same time. That's so much on you.
1: And I got zero support from my family regarding my divorce.
0: Oh gosh. That is, that's so much on you
1: at once. Like
0: that's a lot. And, and, and the boundaries too, that you had to set with your family. And I think that that can be such a hard thing. People think, oh, well they're family. Like they're my blood. Like I have to do everything for them, but it's like setting healthy boundaries with them and like being very upfront and straightforward. I've learned about boundaries so much over the past couple of years. I actually read this in amazing book um, by Nedra Tawab. I don't know if you've ever heard of her.
1: Yes. Oh, I love her.
0: Yeah. She has an amazing Instagram and she talks all about boundaries, but that book was so unbelievably powerful in one of the chapters and it talked about setting boundaries with family because like you can set boundaries with friends yeah. it's kind of like a different dynamic and yeah set, it's a different like, right like you can set boundaries with your friends like oh you know if I don't pick up the phone like I'm clearly busy I'm that's just like a silly example or like oh I'm not going to text back right away because I'm doing something and when I get to it I get to it and they yeah. know that but with for, uh, with family can be so difficult because you just, I mean, you're, I think it's drilled in your head. Like, Oh, well you always have to help your family. They're your blood, like raised you or they're your siblings or, you know, whatever the case may be, but it's like setting those boundaries and sticking to them and making sure that they understand, you know, what your boundaries are and, and what they entail, I think is so critical to have like healthy relationships, you know,
1: and you know, for me, it was definitely tough. Um, so in August of 2019, so right as my husband was moving out and, you know, I mean, I didn't know it was going to be the last time I'd seen my family. I wouldn't say all my family, but my parents for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, it was August and I had a panic attack over Christmas thinking about Christmas, thinking about Christmas with my family. And I went into a panic attack four months before Christmas. I mean, four and a half months actually before Christmas. And um, at that point in August, I set that boundary that I wasn't going up for Christmas Mm -hmm. because again, I was the one who was helping my mom stay up all night, wrap the presents. I was the one that was, you know, trying to like rein in her, Chaos, and you, you know, so. I, I was enabling her when it came to Christmas. And you know, the growing up, we'd have eight or nine trees, and you'd have to tightly wrap all the lights on each and every branch. You don't just kind of string them around, right? Each mm-hmm. branch is wrapped, and back in the day with the old lights like if one burned out the whole thing would go out and so you'd be yep. testing all the lights oh my god it was ridiculous it was ridiculous and because my mom wanted it so perfect um right. we had to perform and I just carried that dynamic into my adulthood and um yeah so Christmas for sure I put that boundary into place and then um when again it was September 1st like when my mom made that comment and I just went I'm done I'm done my boundary was to not go home until after the new year Mm. and
0: did they um, respect it did they respect your boundary when you said it
1: so I don't know that I actually verbally said it to them oh um well, at some point I did have to say, I'm not coming home for Christmas, mm. but it's interestingly enough because in my family communication wasn't a lot of things were just assumed. Right. And so people's actions were speaking louder than words. And I said that my mom didn't receive proper mental health treatment. Um, she essentially couldn't get transferred into a psych facility. And so she was, at that point it's what's known as schizoaffective meaning she's cycling up high so she's in a mania state of mania meaning yes. she's not sleeping for days on end Yeah, um
0: about that stuff yeah manic yeah and yeah
1: yeah she definitely and she was in that high of that mania of that manic and um you know i mean laying in her hospital bed like yelling at the doctors and nurses yelling out the hallucinations she's seeing um and so they basically had, they basically waited until she crashed and then they were able to get medicine in her. So no. there was nothing supportive. There was no, there was nothing else that was supporting her. It just was some medicine.
2: Right.
1: Um, and so I knew at that point, and when my mom said to me, she came off the medicines, um, I knew she was, it was going to happen again. I, I knew it was a matter of time. Um, so I did put some pieces into place. Like my youngest brother is an EMT and I said to him, Hey, Kevin, like when this happens again, cause I know it's going to happen again. Like take her to this particular hospital because they've got a psych facility attached and they can support her medically because she couldn't get into the psych facilities because of medical issues.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so again, it was the things that I learned because I was with the social worker every day, like, okay, yeah. who, you know, who has beds open? Like, you know, she clearly needs to go somewhere and she's now just laying in bed and the nurses are afraid of her. The psych, there's one staff psych. She kept throwing him out. Like we're not getting anywhere with her treatment. Um, she's medically stable, but no one's accepting her. Mm. So I had said to my brother, like, this is where she needs to go. Like, you know, you're somehow going to be connected to this. And, you have to take her to this particular hospital. Um, and ultimately that's what went down. Mm. Um, and he, he, she had another episode. I mean, she was walking along a highway, which is illegal. Yeah. Um, that's scary. Yeah. And you know, my dad's like chasing her and like, you know, he, my dad calls my brother and my brother ultimately comes and gets her into his car, and um takes her but like by that point like my my mom was refusing to go into the house because she thought there were people inside the house Mm. um and you know they've been living in hotels for like a week or so prior because she didn't feel safe enough to go home and um so yeah that was kind of like the short of it but I had coached my brother, Kevin through it. Like, this is what you need to do. And yeah, I mean, it, it's how he, he responded. Um, I think he also knew he wasn't terribly involved, but he was enough involved to know. Um, but my dad was calling me because she's having hallucinations in the hospital, but he still had to involuntarily commit her. The hospital wasn't going to do it. So my dad was calling me, expecting me to drop everything, and come up. And that was something that I held firm in. Um, and it was not easy, right? Like I had to sit with that. I had to be like, you know what? This was my former role. And I'm, I'm going to be uncomfortable in not doing this and not saving. And, you know, I helped him through it and I told him exactly what to do. And, you know, I supported him. Right, but i I did not physically go up, and so that action, I believe was huge,
0: Oh, oh, one hundred percent. It was like the changing of the trajectory, it sounds like
1: I, I mean, literally from five thirty in the morning and I was up there or five in the morning, I was up there by nine thirty or to no, I'm, yeah, Dad, you're doing this. like this is all you, you're doing this. Um, wow.
0: That's so, yeah, just in its own. Like,
1: yeah, it's interesting, right? Because even just talking about this and thinking about it, it really is powerful. I mean, I I know this. I know my story, and I've told it. But just even sitting here in this right now, it it is super powerful.
0: It really is. And and like when you decide, like you know, this is not this is not what I need to be doing anymore. I'm not going to, you know, just let people do whatever they need and and kind of let people walk all over you that's a hard thing to comprehend and be like I'm not going to do this anymore like commit to not letting that happen that's a hard thing to grasp and do and like stay committed to because I feel like once you start you know kind of doing that and saying no and really moving forward you kind of have to stick to that and like I think it's probably hard for oh no that she's probably gonna just you know, do it again. And, and then it's like, no, like I'm actually not. And so I think that's such a hard thing for yeah. to commit to doing is, is stop saying yes.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting too, because boundaries come in different forms. Oh, so right. I didn't verbally say, no, I'm not coming up. Um, but my actions, right. The, the mm-hmm. actions I took set that boundary and, you know, boundaries can also be nonverbal
2: yes
3: through,
1: so through your actions and um i mean i learned a ton about boundaries um and you know interestingly enough so we're we're now down december of 2019 you know that was the first christmas ever i hadn't spent at home mm-hmm. um i would god it was at that point the best christmas i'd ever spent really yeah good for you Because it it got to become a Christmas of my creation. Yeah, Um,
0: you chose and wanted to do.
1: And I had some friends around me. And that's awesome. You know, I put my Christmas decorations up, which I love. I mean, that, you know, comes from my childhood upbringing. But yeah, it it was my choice. It was no stress um, because it was done how I wanted to do it.
0: Right, right. And that's the thing of another whole aspect of it of this is once you stop saying no to things and you stop letting people walk over you and manipulate you and no matter what the situation is you kind of get to like start living your life how you want yeah. it instead of like always being on call like oh like when is this person going to need me it's like no I'm going to do what I yeah. need want to do and I think that that's it's a hard thing to grasp like I was saying and it's 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 not an easy thing I used to I used to bend over backwards for so many people in my life and I look back on it and I'm like, what the hell were you doing? But I was young. I didn't know better. Like, that's just kind of how I always was. And it's so interesting to like, think back on those things. And and really like, I would never do that now. Like I would never like let someone, you know, disrespect me in multiple different ways and just let that slide like that and not speak up for yourself. That's another thing speaking up for yourself and owning like whatever the situation is and really like having a backbone and not letting people just be like, Oh, well, Janae's just going to do it anyways. She said that she would, Oh no, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. And putting your foot down.
1: Yeah. And you know, I think the reason why it in part is so hard. Um, And we can talk about what causes this. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. believe it's part of our true self. I believe that it is something that happens. Mm -hmm. Um. But I'll tell you what, like, when I put that boundary into place and I said, I'm not coming home until 2020, you know, September 1st of 2019, my husband had just moved out. I went to a super deep, 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 dark place. And I'm not going to lie. I, I was suicidal. I mean, I was, you know, on
0: on anyone because
1: My world literally just crashed around me. Everything I was expending my energy on, it's gone. Mm -hmm. You know, and so sometimes you can have what's called secondary gain, right? So you don't want to put boundaries into place because they're making you feel okay, even though they're, you know, you're running yourself rampant and you've got anxiety and all sorts of other bad stuff, right? it's still filling this void in you. And yeah. when I chose to stand up for myself and say, no, everything I was energetically doing was gone. Mm. Um, yeah. And I definitely felt it, 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 it was a lot of energy that, that it took a long time to get rid of.
0: Oh, I'm sure that's, that's a lot for just to comprehend even like what was all happening um what would you say is like maybe some tips on like how to kind of remove yourself from being codependent and like figuring out am I codependent like what do you think are some I know we talked about like the trust issues the desire to fix and save someone but what would you say are maybe some some examples of like how to figure out if you are codependent or a people pleaser.
1: Yeah, so it's really interesting, right? Because I had zero awareness of any of this stuff before 2018, and mm. um, being a people pleaser. Um, well, let me back up. I think that understanding how the mind works was key to me. Yes. Um, Understanding that I'm unconscious in my actions, I'm doing things and I don't understand why. Um, you know, was I supposed to like be working the day I went up and committed my mom? Yeah. Did I have flexibility in my job? Yeah, but should I have shown up for myself and my job? I mean, the job in itself, we can also talk about, you know, because again, if something's happening in one area of your life, it's happening in all areas. So yes. working too hard and, and all sorts of other stuff, but um,
3: lost my train of thought. It's okay, it happens. Uh,
1: yeah. Okay. When you... Here's the thing. You create your own life. You create your own reality. Yes. And when you don't create it, when you're not consciously created, creating life is happening to you. That's so and true. You are so out of control. Um, if life is happening to you, you've got rampant anxiety, you've got rampant depression. Um, you feel like the world is just out of control. Um. It could be because you watch the news and see that there's a war in Ukraine and you feel overwhelmed because you can't save everybody. Right. Um, It can be, you know, I was working in animal rescue. It could be seeing an animal and, or seeing animals and, oh my gosh, we have to save all of these animals. Um, They're going to die without us. you Um, You know, their lives are better when they're adopted out to you know a very highly qualified applicant you know um but just having that like you have to do this you're taking on these missions that you can't solve
0: yes and spreading yourself way too thin
1: way too thin um you see it at work by never saying no oh that's. Hey, a- can you do this for me? Hey, you know, how about this project? Like, I mean, I look back at the rescue and I was assistant director, medical director. I was managing my own adoption center with 16 cats, um, you know, overseeing fosters training. Like I was doing it all.
0: That's so much. Right. Um, yeah, that's a tough thing. And especially work-wise, that's, like, a whole other conversation of, like, when do you say no and how to say no? Exactly. It, it really can. But setting and- boundaries with your <clears throat> boss.
1: With your boss, you have to
0: set boundaries. You have
1: to. You have to. The thing, the thing about boundaries is that they tell people how you get to be treated.
0: Absolutely.
1: And people don't know how to treat you unless you tell them. Mm-hmm. If people think they know how to treat you, they think they know how to treat you based on how they were raised in their childhood. Yes. Because that was their standards that they grew up knowing and believing. Um, but everybody's standards are different. And unless you have boundaries, people, you know, are going to go by what they think. Right. Um, but to me, it, it's just this very much... Um, Conscious versus unconscious thinking of Mm. I create my own reality. And if I'm doing things and I don't know why, I'm stressed out and I go eat. You know, I have a bad day at work and I come home and you know, gorge on food. Um, I'm going through the my divorce and I'm eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream every day. Like it's just this emotion. A reaction there's no space there's mm. no space between the emotion and the reaction um that's when life happens to you yeah and when life happens to you it's very 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 out of control oh for sure very it's, out of control
0: someone else has the pen and they're writing the book to your story yeah
1: they are they are um Yeah, it's interesting, too. I see a lot of people who absorb energy, a lot of people who they're absorbing other people's energies around, but they're not paying attention to their own energy. Yes.
0: So Mm -hmm. that's so true.
1: Um, The thing about relationships is that. They're always mirrors. Mm hmm. They're always staring us back in the face. Um, so if you're out of control, it's because the people you're surrounding yourself with, because you're not taking control.
0: Yes, being mindful of of what you're what you're giving off, and also what you're presenting yourself and the people around you, and boundaries, and and just really being intentional with the things yeah. that you're. I feel like that's so, so critical to have great it, relationships.
1: Intention is everything. Um, right? You know, it's interesting. I see a lot of people who think that they can't even speak up for themselves. Um, so many people. That if you set a boundary, it means that you're selfish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we see this term narcissism thrown around a lot because if someone stands up for themselves... If someone's not used to it right you were taught you learned that love looks like not standing up for yourself so no. it's going to feel weird to you and you're going to think that that person's selfish
0: but you should look at them at, if they set that and be like oh wow they they have a backbone and they know what they want and they what how they want to be treated
1: and you know what's interesting too um with people pleasers Mm -hmm. the intention behind the people pleasing you don't do it because you want you want to be nice um you do it because that's how you receive love
0: yes right it's how
1: you receive recognition like you need that recognition you it's like it's an addiction that needs to be fueled right And you keep doing more and more and more because you need that recognition. You need to be seen. You need to be heard. And that's the only way you ever learn that you're seen and heard.
0: Right. You do way too much and then you're burnt out. And then you're like, what am I doing? But then you continue. Yeah. So someone out there feels like that, like kind of sit back on it and really think about like, how? Do I need to go, I'm just giving an example, do I really need to go help my friend move when I actually have so much other things going on that weekend, but I do want to help them, but I really just, I can't seem to think about how I would get this all done in this weekend and setting that intention. You know what? I really wish that I could help you, but it's just not going to work for me that, you know, that weekend and, and, and understanding that they're going to have to accept that.
1: The interesting thing, too, is that oftentimes there's a mismatch of needs. So, Mm -hmm. for example, your friend's moving and you automatically say, I'll help you move. Right. Um, But the question is, does your friend actually need you to move? Like, can the friend rely on another friend or a moving company or, you know, there's a zillion ways that you can get people in there to help move?
2: Right. Right.
1: But sometimes even asking and having a conversation with a friend, hey, listen, helping you move is just a lot. I can't take this on. I still want to support you. How do you need me to support you? Yeah. What can I do that meets your needs? Right? Because again, if I'm coming up with this idea, oh, you're moving. Great. I'm going to help you. But maybe that's not what your friend needs. Hmm. Um, and unless you stop and ask what they need you're you're doing it for your own gain
0: I like that that's a good way to think about it like how else can I support you
1: yeah I mean I've I've watched you know I've had conversations and like I had conversations with a friend and she was talking about wanting to help a friend and um. I said, well, did you ask her how she needs help? You know, and she goes, well, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't cook. So I want to teach her how to cook, but she, you know, she isn't making time for me to let her teach, you know, cooking. And I was like, well, maybe she doesn't want to learn how to cook. Maybe if she's struggling with food, what she needs is somebody to deliver meals. Hmm. oh I, I can't do that that's too expensive the only thing I can do is you know teach her to cook and I'm watching this going she's telling you she needs meals and you're saying you need to cook like that's a mismatch of needs
0: that's a that's a good example
1: yeah it's it's about you because you you need to be seen by your cooking right you need to be acknowledged for your good cooking and the way that you teach others to, co- that's how you get to be acknowledged. Like, that's mm-hmm. what you need. But that's not what your friend needs.
0: What did you suggest that person do when there is, like, a mismatch of needs?
1: Um, you know, it's interesting. With this particular friend, I suggested that, you know, I suggested, like, talk to your friend, see what she needs. Well, I talked to her, and, you know, she needs help with dinners. And it's interesting because she wasn't listening to me. Mm, yeah. She was not listening to me because I said, what I'm hearing you say is that she wants food. And what I'm hearing you say is that you don't want to provide food. You want to provide, you want to teach her how to, yeah. to cook. And she has no interest. Um, yeah. It, it's really interesting because you talk about friends. I had to have a hard conversation with her recently. Because she just can't listen. She is so stuck in her own traumas that she is not listening. And I had to say to her, I can't, I can't listen to you anymore. I can't support you anymore because I'm getting nothing in return. You're not listening to me. You're not hearing me. Um, And if I'm telling you how I need to be seen and heard and you're not picking up on it, I can't do anything else. Like, absolutely. Only thing I can do is walk away from this at this point and, you know, hope that you can get to a place in your healing journey that you can be open to listening. Um, And, you know, it was interesting. Her response was like, well, I thought I was listening to you. And she goes, can you give me, you know, an example? And I gave her a couple examples and she goes, Oh, Mm. so it actually took this conversation for her to hear me.
0: She wasn't self-aware of the situation, it sounds like, very, not, like, not listening, but also not, not even thinking about it from, you know.
1: Because when you're a people pleaser, um, the reality is we've all experienced trauma that's created this, whether you know it's trauma or not. Yes. um, You've experienced trauma, most likely childhood trauma and you get stuck in this trauma right you get stuck in this trauma and um ultimately that's what was happening for her she was so stuck in the trauma mm. Interesting. that it always shifted back to her
0: right and that's the thing too is a, like when we were when you were talking about um kind of feeling guilt or like oh, like I really need to do X, Y, and Z for someone and, and you get burnt out from it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it gets exhausting. And so that's when I think a good moment to kind of think of, am I doing too much? Am I doing this to get my own, like you were saying, my own um, pleasure or, you know, my own needs met because I really like to be a people pleaser. And I think really yeah. getting to the root of that and thinking about like, huh, you know, I kind of realized it, I guess, as I grew up in my relationships and things that I used to let slide, like I, I, I wouldn't say anything. And now I'm, I can, I, I guess I kind of just learned this on my own, but I really learned that if I don't tell someone what I want or yes. what I desire or what I'm in need of at the moment, um, wh- that in so many different ways. That could be sexual, that could be my love language, that could be really anything. But if you don't tell someone what you need in any capacity, they're not really gonna know. They can't read your mind, right? You need to to say that or show that like, oh, this is how you know I'm really words of affirmation. That's my love language. And so I'm constantly loving when people like when I am appreciated, and that goes a long way for me.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I like a compliment here and there. Like, and and my boyfriend obviously knows these things. So it's so important. Even my friends, like when my friend says thank you for whatever it is, I, I feel like, oh, okay, like I feel. I'm happy, like, they notice, they're acknowledging that. And and I think it's so important that it kind of goes both ways. Like, they they should be open with you about what they need and vice versa. That's so important. I mean, that's, like, a very basic, you know, communication um, knowledge. But I think so many people kind of overlook that.
1: Well, I think there's this, you know, I grew up thinking that, like, other people were supposed to meet my needs. I grew up, you know, also thinking that like I didn't really have needs because needs meant I took up space.
3: Oh, yes.
1: Um, and so, oh, no, that doesn't matter. That, you know, that's okay. Go ahead and, you know, no, it's like I took up too much space because I had needs. Um, but in the same vein, I looked to my husband to make me happy. Mm. um I thought it was his job to make me happy right um I thought it was you know I thought it was my family's job to make me happy um I thought of all these really toxic behaviors I thought that that's the way things were and I was depressed I had anxiety I was burnt out I was um, overwhelmed. I just, it's like it took these huge events to happen for mm. me to be like, no, universe, like you're putting this here for me because I need to learn this lesson. Like, no. I, I need to, I need to, because yeah, it, it was not a great place. Um, you know, it's interesting when you talk about communication, so I turned 40 in 2018 in February and in turning 40, it was like, okay, it's a big birthday, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was this, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. It's, you know, my birthday. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to celebrate it, but secretly I'm hoping that my husband throws me a surprise birthday party. Yes. And it's like, do I tell them that I want a surprise birthday party? Well, why would you tell somebody you want a surprise birthday party, right? Like, you know. And with our relationship, it would have been super awkward, too. Like, hey, um, yeah, what I want for my birthday is a surprise birthday party. like, Right. Um, but it's interesting because my birthday was on a Friday night. And... I'm disappointed that I'm not throwing a surprise birthday party on top of it. He comes to me and he's like, Oh, you know, well, do you want to go out to dinner? And I was like, yeah, you know, let's go out to dinner. Um, and then early in the night, he's like, you know, I don't feel like going out to dinner. We'll just do it another night. We don't need to do it tonight. And I had to convince him to take me out to dinner. Um, and then it became the restaurant of his choice. Um, But, you know, in retrospect, like, I know what I wanted to be doing. There was a restaurant in D.C. that was a raw that a raw restaurant. It's called Elizabeth Gone Raw. raw. I've never been there, but it's like, I think, like a nine course meal and like all raw food, food I can eat and made and prepared in like really good ways. But do you think I told him that? No, Mm. never told him that. Um. So, you know, there were ideas of how I wanted my 40th birthday to look, but the same vein, I'm putting out the other signals because I think that he should know, Yeah, I think that he should know. Right. Um, so come my 41st birthday in 2019 and, you know, things are definitely rough between us. Um, He puts a party on, I end up planning, you know, doing a lot. I mean, I made him do it, but when it came to certain things like getting ready for the party, he's downstairs in his room sleeping and Hmm. I'm doing the work. And um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to watch relationship dynamics and and how things play out. It is. It's so
0: dynamics are they can be so different and in different parts of our lives going through hard times going through you know great times when you kind of figure out who your true friends are or you know you're, if you're in a relationship when good things happen but also when bad things happen because when good things happen and someone's not congratulating you or way to go like that's so awesome so yeah. happy for you they don't cheer you on you're like hmm yeah What's going on there? I think that's a, that's a huge one. And again, it kind of stems, you know, goes back to, you know, people pleasing. And is there that person that's kind of being fake about it? Like, they're like overly excited for you. It's like, they're not really being genuine. And You kind of feel like, yeah, are they being just like generic to me? Like, I've had those friends and it's like, huh, like, are you just, are you just saying this? Like, like, you can just tell it's not a genuine you know, I'm so happy for you type of thing. And it's very interesting. So what would you say are like maybe some questions, like if someone was, you know, being a people pleaser or they didn't know, like, what do you think they could kind of ask themselves to find out if they're people pleasing or codependent?
1: Um, I would ask yourself, is this happening to you? You know, are you feeling out of control because your boss is throwing lots of work at you? So, you know, is it everyone's coming to you with all the problems in the world? Or are you choosing your problems? Mm. Are you, are you choosing what you want to do? Um, And then that speaks to intention, right? Like, what's your intention? What's your intention behind your actions?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Because. If you have intention, you've put some space to think about things. And intention means that you're conscious in your choices. Right. Um, when you're conscious in your choices and you
3: realize that you have power. Um,
1: yeah. That's where you create things. When it comes to being unconscious in your actions. I see this a lot in eating, like emotional eating. Mm. I think I was referring to this a little bit, but there's definitely a story. Um I remember the first time I consciously was able to eat. So I had gotten my period. Um I was craving salt. Um I wanted I wanted um fries and coke at like nine in the morning and normally I would have just gone out and done it right and not Mm. even thought twice and like oh you know it's my body that's telling me I'm going to listen to it I'm going to follow it yeah but I stopped and I thought you know what my body might be craving this but I've got a choice in this Mm. I can choose to listen to my body Or I can choose to dive in a little bit deeper and think, okay, well, if my body is craving fries, maybe that means I need salt. Um, And maybe it means I need carbs. And if it's craving soda, maybe it means that I'm craving caffeine Mm. because I'm tired from my period. And, And in doing that, it was like, okay, how do I put an end to this food craving? By like going inwards and consciously deciding what my body needs. Mm. Um so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah there's very much an intention but it's the space before you respond or react. Mm. And you know if your boss comes to you with another assignment like sitting in this like do I really want this assignment or not? If I say no, what's gonna happen? What what's gonna happen? if I say no, am I going to get fired or am I just not going to get that praise that I'm seeking?
0: Oh, I like that.
1: Um, And it it oftentimes turns into like this justification of, well, if I don't say yes to everything, I'm not going to get that, you know, 5.0 review in two months, you know, like I got to give my all so that, you know, I can get that back when, meanwhile, you're overworking yourself. Um, oh, for sure.
0: And understanding that you're contributing a lot already. And and there, if, you know, if you do say no, they have to respect that and, and say, you know, I already have a lot of, on my workload and setting that boundary with them. And they, you know, obviously this could look... It's different in so many situations but I just think about it in my situation you know if you're already taking on so much they have to respect that and kind of figure yeah. out okay well I'm gonna have to do it or I'm gonna have to ask someone else do they have the bandwidth to figure this project out so that's and good. with
1: a, a good manager right like you're supposed to be managing people right yeah. um
0: they should accept that
1: and as a manager I know that I'm ultimately responsible so exactly. that Very if true. somebody else doesn't get it done, it falls back on me. Exactly. Um, I mean, that at the end of the day, it comes back to me. And so I'm going to rely on people for honest and open communications about what they can do, what they can do well. Yeah. And I also don't want you burn out.
0: That's huge. Right.
1: Because it's my responsibility to make sure the task gets done. And if you say yes, because you feel like you have to. Because you're afraid to say no, because you can't say no, because you need that to be seen or heard that way. It doesn't mean you're the best person for the job. Nope. Doesn't mean that you should have done it, right? Like, yeah. The other thing I love about saying no is that when you say no, you say yes to yourself. Saying no to others means you say yes to yourself and you actually create other opportunities for yourself. Right. Um now sometimes we say yes because we don't want those opportunities. We don't want to face what that free time might look like. You know, we don't want to go home from work early. Mm-hmm. Um because maybe what's on the other side of that is something we don't want to be. We don't we don't want to face ourselves, we don't want to sit with ourselves.
0: Definitely. That's you nailed it. That is mm-hmm. such good advice. I love that. Any um last thoughts before we play our game?
1: You know, the one thing we didn't really talk about, we didn't talk about how codependency plays into relationship addictions. Ooh, um,
0: That's a good one.
1: Yeah. And the thing with codependency too, I very much think like, it's an addiction. People-pleasing, it's an addiction. Totally. Um, and we all have our different vices, right? Like, mm. we all have our different things. But when it comes to relationships, if you can't be alone for more than six months, um, yeah, it, you know, like, you need... It's like, you need to have somebody around you. Yes. Um,
0: Jumping from relationship or person, if you're never yeah. alone, how are you going to learn and reflect on yourself and your relationships and figure out what you really want? Yeah. It's huge. For
1: sure. And, you know, the, the root causes behind all of that, behind relationship addiction or like your serial daters or, um, mm. you know, that's a topic we can get into another time. It's it can go pretty deep, but there's something really powerful in saying no, right? Because if you say no to somebody else, you're saying yes to yourself.
3: Yeah, that's so true. I but
1: love when we we can't bear to be with ourselves because we don't like ourselves because we're burnout, we're stressed out, we're all the things, we're anxious, we're depressed, and we find other people to
2: hide
3: that Mm. um
1: yeah it it means that we don't want to be with ourselves
0: right and that's a big when you're just by yourself in your own thoughts I feel like you really can learn so much about yourself Mm
1: -hmm. I lived
0: alone for three years and the amount of growth and the amount of things I learned about myself I never would have if I wasn't in that space alone and just I needed to do something I did it for myself if something Mm -hmm. needed to be done around the house I did it you know it was such a big learning process but I loved it
1: and I think that's the other thing too we didn't really get into right um I didn't do things by myself
2: Mm. um
1: I never have been out to dinner by myself Mm. I never traveled alone um I stopped going to concerts because I couldn't get people to come with me. Um, You know, one thing that was very pivotal in my journey was in um, 2018, August of 2018. My husband and I were obviously at that point having problems. And I was like, oh, okay, well, Dead & Company just announced that they're playing on the beach in Mexico. Hey, let's go to Mexico. It'll be a great time. Great vacation. He says, yes. Well, let me back up. Originally, he tells me you can't go to Mexico. You're going to die in Mexico and walks away from me. Um, you know, again, if someone's like, we've got mirrors going on. So I wanted to go to Mexico. So what do I do? I straight out manipulate him oh, you want this riding lawnmower. You can get the riding lawnmower if I go to Mexico.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So at that point, he looks into the trip. He goes, oh, this looks so fun. Let's do it. Um, in the next several days, he backs out and he's like, oh, well, you know, maybe your sister wants to go. Maybe so-and-so wants to go. Oh, I called this friend of yours. She said she'll go. Well, that friend didn't say no to him. Um, but that friend had no intention of going.
2: Mm.
1: Bottom line is we booked the trip. And I told him after we booked it, I'm like, you're not coming. I, I'm not. You don't want to be there. I don't want you there. You're not. coming." Right.
0: Right.
1: Um, I couldn't find anybody else to go with me. So I went to Mexico alone. Good for you. I didn't know a single person. Um, which also meant I'd never been out to dinner alone. Hmm. And, um, when I was there, like I had to go out to dinner alone and, you know, I made friends, but there's something really important about being able to date yourself. Yes. I so agree. Like being able to complete all of your needs. And enjoy
0: the time that you have with yourself. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. You have to enjoy it. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: A lot of people are terrified to do things like that but I encourage my single friends and my listeners all the time like go do you want to go do something and you would for whatever reason either you want to do it alone or you're scared to do it alone you can't find someone just go do it
2: yeah. go to
0: dinner go to that concert go travel alone yeah. obviously safe but like do that thing that scares you a little bit because you can't tell me if you don't want to, if you're intimidated by something or you're scared to do something and you do it nine times out of 10, you're going to come out of that. And you're going to be like, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. Right. And you're,
1: you're going to, I would say it's higher than nine times out of 10. I mean, you are going to grow so much from taking one huge uncomfortable action. Right. Um, it's the only way we grow is through uncomfortable action. I so agree. Only way. Only way.
0: I love that. That is, it's powerful right there. That's yeah. powerful. Date yourself. Yeah. Date yourself.
1: Do the love. things that you always wanted to do. And don't do them with other people. Do them by right. yourself.
0: Do it for you.
1: Do it for you. Because you want to do it.
0: hmm I love it. Nailed it awesome yeah we ready for the game do you think i think so yep i feel like that was like a beautiful wrap-up and i'm glad we said the that last part because i feel like that's so meaningful and people are going to really like resonate with that i think um okay so this is called this or that so you just pick whichever one you like better so the first one is pizza or pasta neither neither oh I've never gotten that answer
1: um I can't tell you the last time I ate pasta I don't eat gluten and I'm vegan so oh okay I got you um yeah you know like they're not my go-to's I don't I'm okay if I never ate them again.
0: I love it. I've never gotten that answer, so I respect <laughs> yeah. it. I respect it. Um, the next one is, would you prefer online shopping or in-person shopping? Like, if you had to choose one for the rest of your life.
1: Oh, For the rest of my life. Um, okay, so if it's for the rest of my life, I'm going to go with online. Um, I really like being able to see and touch things but um mm. to the place where you know it takes time to get places to go to stores and yeah we have the internet at our fingertips so why not use it like yeah. it, it i used to hate paying for shipping um and again i like seeing the products and what i'm what i'm buying but you know you, right. there's there's options right i can always return it or you know, I buy it and the return policies, I can't return it. And I can sell it on Facebook marketplace or yeah. I can gift it to somebody or, you know, it's, it's just stuff.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, the next one is, would you rather live without movies or live without music? Movies. Okay. That's what I thought. Cause I was going to say, <laughs> you absolutely. I, love
1: I can't live without music. Um, I, love that. I don't know the last movie I watched
0: um i'm bad with movies
1: i'm horrible with them i'll watch the same ones over and over again too too.
0: me too um would you rather live by the ocean or would you rather live in a cabin in the woods ocean ocean
1: yeah i love the beach me too um there's something powerful about the woods Mm. i can i can do it for a little bit but if I'm choosing where to live, it's the ocean. I'm, I'm a water baby.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm
1: an Aquarian on the Pisces cusp, so I'm in the air and in the water.
0: I love that. Um, would you rather go to the movies alone or go to dinner alone?
1: Dinner. Dinner. Yeah. I, again, it goes back to the movies. Um, I think it's my attention oh, span yep. and the un- uncomfortable seats and, um, not gonna lie there's some family movie trauma mm. from being made to go to movies every new year's eve and um but i've never been a movie person never yeah
0: me either it's so funny um we're like the same when it comes to movies and music yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um would you rather wear nothing but ball gowns every single day for the rest of oh. your life or wear nothing but swimwear every single day
1: oh swimwear. Swimwear. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm a water baby. Um, (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) I actually just had this conversation with somebody earlier today. Uh, Yeah, this weekend I was at a retreat and I realized I didn't bring like, because it was 95 degrees, I didn't bring tank tops. And no, Um, my intention was to wear my swimsuit the entire time, which is basically what I did. And, um, but I, I grew up in the water. I was little when I started swimming and again, springboard dive coach. And Oh,
0: that's true. Mm-hmm. yeah that's cool um I think I know your answer on this one but I'm gonna ask it <laughs> in. would you rather direct a music video or direct a photo shoot oh music video it would be really cool right
1: mm-hmm.
0: I would love it it would be so cool to like just you could be so funky and do like so many different things it would be really neat
1: you know I've never even thought of that I've never thought about producing a music video
0: mm. it'd be really huh. ju- would be really
1: cool yeah that's an, uh, that'll bounce around in my head a little bit it's interesting yeah. because sometimes I feel like with I don't know 3d dimension stuff I have a harder time visualizing but mm. of course I want to be with music
0: right love it love music um the next one is would you rather travel one year for free or be given 50k to spend on anything
1: no i i'd rather travel for a year
0: it would be so cool you could go so many different places oh my
1: gosh and the people you would meet
0: oh for sure um
1: i yeah i'm i'm leaving for a tour in two weeks i'm excited to go back out west and um i i can't wait i traveling hands down
0: love love
1: it plus the fact that when you do what you love you're going to create that money
0: that's true that is so true Mm
1: -hmm.
0: now would you rather travel to like a tropical island or would you rather travel to europe (sighs)
3: so
1: are you talking for the year
0: well that's just the next question just which one would you prefer
1: um, probably a tropical island because it's warmer. But, okay,
0: sure. That's fair.
1: Um and you know, to me that's really relaxing. Um, mm. but that said, like there's a lot of cool stuff in Europe too. So
0: I agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, the next one is would you rather have eyes that film everything or ears that record everything?
3: Oh, This is a tough one. Yeah. Um oh, probably ears. Ears.
1: I like to listen.
3: Mm. I'm
0: listening. That's a good one. That's a good answer. I like that. Yeah. Um would you rather be able to create a new language or create a new holiday? Language. Language.
1: Yeah. Right. I'm not big on holidays. I think, um, to me, it's it means that I'm buying into the thing that we're celebrating. And I don't always buy into those things which we celebrate. Um, yeah. Maybe if I created it, it's different. But... I don't know there's something really cool about creating a language right I yeah I feel like in relationships you almost create your own language
0: oh definitely that's um, so true. and it's beautiful because it's like you can just be on that same wavelength with someone
1: thousand percent yeah
0: I like that and then the last one is sunrise or sunset
1: oh <laughs> I have been a long time night person. I have just, just, just within the past like month or two shifted my schedules to the morning Mm. this morning, because I was doing this podcast. I actually got up and did the 6am workout. Nice. Um, Love that. So I'm loving these new suns. Their sunrises. Like it's almost like a new world to me.
0: Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, this was so much fun chatting with you and thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing your very, very powerful story. Um, please let my listeners know where they can connect with you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you. I appreciate you and your forum and giving me the opportunity to speak. And, um, so thank you. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at I am the healing hippie. Um, My Facebook is, my business page is Grateful Alive Coaching, all one word. My Facebook personal handle is megan.o.armstrong. And my website is gratefulalivecoaching.com. Or you can email me at megan at gratefulalivecoaching.com.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate you being here with me today.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you. I really I enjoyed this. I like you had said earlier when you opened up, like you and I had a powerful conversation a couple weeks ago and this was another one. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you. It was such a pleasure speaking with Megan tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Definitely connect with her and you know where to find me at My Naked Mindset on all of your social media. Please email me or DM me with any ideas or topics that you want to hear me talk about. And I so appreciate you listening and being here today. I love you all. Bye.